Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello everyone and welcome to Technique. I'm Sam Fry and this is the podcast where we talk to artists about how they use technology. Now, if you haven't listened before, you might not know that on these podcasts, we talk to various artists and essentially bring them together to share their stories. And bringing artists together is exactly what an art curator does too. Now, actually, wouldn't it be a really good theme for an episode to have an art curator come on? So, yeah, I kind of alluded to it before the theme tune. But today we are going to be talking to an art curator. It's Doreen Rios. And here she is introducing herself. My name is Doreen Rios. I am a researcher and curator specialized in digital cultures. I run an independent platform called Antimateria, which is basically a research and exhibition platform uh, focusing on digital practices in Latin America. So Doreen and I met after a technique event at IBM and Doreen had been put in touch with me by a mutual friend. Now, as you might be able to tell from her accent, she's not actually originally from the UK. She's from Mexico. So I thought I'd start the episode by asking her a little bit about what brought her to the UK. Since I was very young, I was very, very drawn to London for some reason. And when I first came here, when I was 12 years old, I just completely fell in love with it. And I thought to myself, when I grow up, I will live in London. And I suppose that means that now I'm a grown-up, which is scary. But, you know, I can take that off my list. And that, well, basically it started as that. And then, you know, when I finished the school, I graduated from architecture school in Mexico. Took a long time. And when I finished, I realized that I didn't quite want to do something within the traditional form of architecture. So I started looking for things to do. I already had a very uh, particular interest in digital visualization and digital architecture and the way these sort of digital tools tend to shape architectural outcomes. So I started doing some research on that. I know I came across a bunch of different people who were doing digital artwork, not necessarily architecture related, but I just, you know, one thing led to the other and I realized, you know what, that's what I want to be doing. But it was very tricky because, of course, that has no name as such. It's like, okay, I'm interested in this area, but I'm not quite sure how to tackle that or what to do with it. And then I started working for a magazine, an arts and architecture magazine, doing some architecture research mainly. And I came across various artists who were collaborating with architects. And when I had, you know, some informal chats with them about my own interests, pretty much all of them kind of considered that probably the best way to approach that was as a curator. And, and I was like, you know what? Yeah, it makes sense because curators in the end kind of like, you know, they do this theoretical side of it and, you know, art history related and uh, art related mainly, but they also have to deal with space. And space is basically what I know. So I thought, you know, yeah, it makes sense. And I started looking for MAs that I could apply to, you know, regarding curation and if there was something that was more related to digital art curation that was basically my approach to it I couldn't find such a thing but what happened is that in Mexico we didn't really have something quite as formal as a master's degree so there were a lot of diplomas or courses where you could become a curator 
but not quite as professional as doing a master's degree. So, yeah, then I started looking for schools. And of course, due to the language, I don't really speak proper French or Italian or German. So I was like, okay, I need to look for a place that can give me these with the tools that I already have. And, well, at that time, it was also when Trump was running for president. And I was like, well, okay, U.S. is not going to be the place because what if this guy wins? You know, it's going to be very scary. And it's still very scary. So it was a good choice, probably. And I was like, you know what? I think that I could probably pursue my dream of going to the U.K. And... Yeah, I started looking for schools and I, yeah, I ended up in uh, Winchester School of Art, which is part of the Southampton University. And I landed up there because they have a research group regarding uh, media archaeology. So even if it wasn't a master's degree related to specifically digital art, they did have an area that specialized in media, which was close enough for me to, you know, as a starting point. Okay, so that's a bit of a summary of why Doreen came to the UK in the first place. But how comes I'm talking to her today? Well, primarily it's because she runs a website called Antimateria. And what that website does is to bring together lots of digital artists from Mexico online. I asked her a little bit about why she started the site. When it started, it was, I would say, (laughs) it started out of pure stubbornness, which is great. (laughs) Because... I, before coming here, I did a diploma in curatorial studies in Mexico, and I kept on wanting to talk about Mexican digital art, and I couldn't find much information about it. And a lot of the first projects that I wanted to do, which were basically uh, essays, the people that I was pitching this to were saying, okay, that's fine, but you need official sources, or you need at least to show me a website that has this information condensed that I can, you know, go into and say, oh, okay, you know, this person actually exists and they actually do some things. So I realized that there wasn't such a thing. There are a couple of books regarding digital art in Mexico, one that is actually called Digital Art in Mexico. There's another one that's called Ready Media. And, well, you know, that's basically it. So I thought, you know, if there is no such thing... I will build one, you know. So it started as me just wanting to have an information platform regarding these practices. It started as a very simple project. I started approaching artists, talking with them, making some interviews with them, and then uploading their profiles in this website. And, you know, I kind of wanted to build this thing where, you know, whenever you Googled digital art in Mexico, this could pop up and say, oh, you know, there's all of these artists who are working in these areas, and that's great. Then later on, I realized that that wasn't enough, that, you know, normally these artists tend to have very few opportunities of exhibiting their artwork. There's still a gap, I would say, in understanding digital art as a proper art form in Mexico. And, you know, there's very few places that are actually interested in these practices. And and I thought, you know, Okay, so all of these people is making all of this artwork and it's very sad that they get to just exhibit this probably once somewhere and you know then no one knew that this happened. Or you know, there were people who were exhibiting their artwork abroad, which is amazing because they are amazing artists. But then again, you know, they felt 
a bit sad about the fact that, you know, yes, I've exhibited in, you know, Canada, in the US, but I haven't had the chance to exhibit in my own country, which is very sad. So I realized that that was another problem to it and that I could actually tackle that. I was like, okay, we have all of this information here. Now we need to do something with it. It took me a while to start doing the exhibitions because I wanted to set up the proper environment for it. And yeah, I think basically I took it from there. And then the, t the third step was to start writing about that in a more formal way. And that happened because I realized that the website and the whole project have a lot of layers. And I really wanted to look into every single one of them from the very first approach of just having some information, you know, for people who are just like wandering around and clicking things and, you know, saying, oh, okay, this is cool. And, you know, maybe that's it for them. But even for these people, it works. So the second step would be the exhibitions, which is, you know, if you are a little bit more interested in that and then you realize that this is happening and you can, you know, go to the opening or see things online of what happened and read a little bit about that. So that's probably the second step. But the third step is to actually go in depth about what's going on within these practices in a more theoretical, academic way. The first exhibition that I had from Antimateria, I had it almost a year ago. And it was when, when I was looking for a place to do this exhibition on, I realized that, well, of course, most of the people was interested in, in local art rather than art from other places, which I thought was very interesting because I think that in Mexico is normally the other way around. If you come across someone who is doing something that is going to bring, you know, art from abroad, normally it gets very exciting very fast. Whereas in here it's like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, let's see what you can, you know, offer in terms of the local community and not only providing opportunities for artists that come from other places. So I, I, I think that that kind of switched my way of approaching this and I realized that what I really wanted to do wasn't to just have, you know, an exhibition that showcased artists from Mexico and, you know, kind of like just bringing that over for people to look at it or, you know, approach it in a certain way. But actually what I wanted to do is to create opportunities for both sides because I realized that also it's like it, norm it tends to happen that within these practices, that is, you know, you can say that within contemporary art, this is like a small bit of it that tends to be more related to, to other areas than Art. What happened is that I started to think about this as a potential collaboration with local artists. So what I did first was that I brought the work of seven um, Mexican artists to the UK. And in exchange, I did an open call for British artists who were working with these uh, sort of uh, techniques and you know, media arts and digital arts and showcased that in Mexico a couple of months later. And that was really, really nice because most of the artists that apply and that, well, became part of this uh, show in Mexico, were people who wanted to the exhibition and that wanted to do something in response to that exhibition. It wasn't part of the open call. It just, I think it just happened. I think it happened that they went to the exhibition, saw the artwork, and realized that they had 
something in common with what was going on in there and created something in response to that, which I thought was really nice. Because then in Mexico, the artists that had their exhibition here first saw this artwork and said, I can completely understand why this person would say that, you know, it sort of relates to what I did for that show. And, well, I haven't heard they, that they have started, you know, working on something together, but I do know that some of these artists started to talk to each other and say, you know, oh, I saw your artwork here. And, you know, kind of like talking about their interests and what came, um, you know, what, what was their process in, in creating this, this artwork in response or, you know, it, it was a very interesting thing to see. And that's probably what I wanted to do in the first place. Well, the first exhibition was basically surrounding the idea of uh, Internet's ubiquity and the idea of, you know, what happens when an artist posts an artwork online and it starts spreading around on the web. And then, I don't know, this same artwork is being exhibited in a museum or gallery. You know, what kind of uh, relations do you start building from the beginning when you post this online? What leads you to say, you know what, I want this to be there, you know, uh, for people to see, to download, to remix, to to do whatever. And, and you don't really have any control over that anymore, in a way. However, this agency of, of you know, posting some, something online and kind of letting go, I think it's a very interesting thing, especially for artists to, you know, say, I'm completely aware of this and I'm fine with it. And some of them were even looking forward, seeing someone else doing something with their work. So that's, for the first exhibition, that was the, the core idea, let's say. Of course, the artist approached this idea in very different ways. Uh, I had Augmented reality pieces, uh, installation, video installation, uh, VR, 3D print as well. So I, I thought it was, you know, basically challenging, challenging that idea of what happens when I post an artwork online. What's the lifeline of that? You know, what's going to happen with this? Uh, and if they were aware of that or not. And then for the second show, I use the concept of an archipelago. So it's a series of islands that work together and, you know, if one of them stops working properly, everything, everything fails. Right. So I grabbed that idea from Edward Glissant that he says, you know, why not approaching the world as a huge archipelago, you know, as a huge system of islands, which is basically continents, you know, and to have this idea that if one fails, the rest fails as well. So it was an idea of how to um, create your own identity within a global framework without necessarily having to lose or adapt yourself to someone else's traditions, but rather understanding them and kind of like exchanging ideas with that. So it was a very, very simple thing because I really wanted the artist for the open call to have freedom to experiment with, you know, how to approach the idea of having a show in Mexico, which wasn't in Mexico City, it was in my hometown, Toluca. And I, I also wanted to challenge that, you know, of 
when you think about Mexico, normally it's like, well, oh, Mexico City or, you know, Cancun. But what happens when you get confronted with the idea of a very tiny place? You know, are you still attracted to do something for it? Do you research about the place? And if you Google that, what did you Google? You know, what, what, what happened there? Of course, I Googled, you know, Toluca. But of course, we know that the results that I get is not the same results that other people will get. So I thought it was a very interesting exercise for them to kind of push them to say, you know, you have to do a little bit of research about this place because if you want to exhibit here, you need to at least know where it is and how it looks like. So it was kind of like, you know, a very subtle way, just wanting the artist to approach the idea of how to engage with this place and with the local artists through digital art. And yeah, basically what happened there is that I had people that were already working, for example, with uh, some uh, pre-Hispanic ideologies from Mexican cultures. And there I had people who... I had one artist who... It was very interesting because his name is Joshua Woolworth and he comes from a very small place near Winchester. And when he, he told me that when he Googled Toluca, he couldn't tell the difference. He was like, oh my God, what? Like, this looks very similar to my own hometown. This is very strange. This is a place that is, you know, the other side of the, the planet that I would have never thought that a Mexican city looks like this. It looks like my hometown. So he did a series of scans of his hometown resembling some images that he saw of Toluca online. Kind of wanting the audience from Toluca to look at them and wonder if that was Toluca or if that was somewhere else. So I thought, you know, it was very nice to have that sort of connections and that sort of, you know, trying to speak to someone you don't know and that you might feel that you don't have anything in common with and then through the process realizing that actually you do and that actually you can and want to communicate something. Uh, I thought, yeah, that was basically what happened for the second show and it was very nice. It had a very, very good uh, reception in, in Toluca. People were very happy with it. They were very interested in what was going on there. And of course, even if there were some language barriers, because some of the videos were in English, I think most of the artists wanted to you know, approach uh, uh, the audience in a very individual and personal way, which I thought was very nice. That, I don't know, it's, it's, I would say it's not that common, really, to, you know having uh, someone wanting to fully communicate a very particular idea to a very particular audience, even if you don't know the audience. Uh, I thought that was very nice, especially for an open call. So Doreen had created these couple of exhibitions, but what had she actually learned on the way? What mistakes did she make? I thought I'd ask her a little bit about that. I think that, well, the challenges, of course, for the first exhibition, for example, I really, really wanted to do uh, an open uh, public program and I really wanted to do you know uh, workshops and talks and screenings and a lot of things I wanted to do everything basically and I did all of this and I organized all of this but I I realized that I didn't quite understand uh, understood the audience the local audience yet to do something like that so of course a lot of the events that I did were very were expecting a lot of people and, you know, not that many people turn up, 
which is okay. I mean, most of the people told me, you know, this is normal. This is fine. This is, you know, this is what happens in here. <clears throat> and I thought, okay, um, you know, this is not what I was expecting, but not in a bad way. It made me, you know, realize that I have to understand the audience much more than I did by then in order to do something like this and be successful at it. So I learned a lot from that, particularly from the public um, program part. Um, in terms of the exhibition, of course, like I said first, when I wanted to, when I was looking for a place to do the exhibition, and I had to rethink my strategy on how to approach people, that was also very challenging because it wasn't that people weren't interested in this. It's just that, you know, they were expecting other kind of outcomes as well that could provide um, a local impact also for people who is working in here, which I think makes sense. And I think it's really nice to have to think about that as well. So I think that that was also, you know, very challenging at first, but it was also because I was very new to the UK and I wasn't really aware of how things worked, even things as simple as saying, you know, um, how many days of the week we're going to have the exhibition open and for, you know, during which times and, and what's like the best time to do an opening, for example, which day and the screenings, at what time should we do this? And, you know, I had a rough idea of that, but a very Mexican idea of that, I suppose, because of the previous experience that I had. I was like, okay, yeah, this makes sense. And then I tried it here and of course it didn't work. And of course it didn't work because, you know, it was not the same audience. But I thought I think that it made me realize that there were many other things at play that might not feel that important, but that definitely are. The first two were basically self-funded, and it was a thing of finding people to collaborate with who are interested in the project, kind of exchange, not money, but labor, basically. <laughs> so for the places, like I said, at first I had to come up with a strategy that would be appealing for the... Well, in this case, I had this done at the foyer of the West Side building of Winchester School of Art. So, of course, here was the case of this is an art school. You could be exhibiting people from the art school, you know, it's what we're doing here. Why would we want to have something external when we have plenty of artists here? So that was basically the problem, well, the main issue that they raised. And uh, having to come up with a strategy for that, it was very interesting because it was basically that. It was a negotiation of, you know, saying I can bring this, which is interesting because of these reasons, and then I can, you know, give this in return. In Mexico, it was very, very similar. I contacted a local gallery in, in Toluca. Toluca is a very small city, so it's not like we have plenty of galleries. And I, say, I said basically that, you know, I'm going to do, the, I want to do this exhibition. And basically this exhibition is meant for people from Toluca, you know. So this is something that needs to be there and I have to find the proper space to make this happen. And then after that, this gallery was very, very nice and very helpful. And they were very happy with having this. And they had to, you know, work out all of this setup because I was here. And that was 
very hard, you know, to work from afar. <laughs> suppose, you know, because in the first exhibition that I had here during the setup, even if I had help of awesome technicians, I was like, you know, I can do this and I can move these from here to there. And, and it was very nice because I was in control of the situation. In the second case, it was like, okay, put me in the iPad and just drag me around and I'll tell you what to, you know, what looks fine, what needs to be changed. And, and they were very, very helpful with that. And we had a lot of volunteers as well. Basically people who know the platform and who wanted to be part of something like this. And yeah. It was basically that sort of exchange. This isn't the only exhibition that Doreen's put on. She's also done some work with augmented reality. And as a challenge, she decided to have it outdoors. One of the last exhibitions that I had here was for the Abandoned Normal Devices Festival. It was up north in Castleton, the Peak District, really nice place. And I co-curated that exhibition with Matthew Plummer Fernandez, who is a Colombian-British artist. Basically, we did augmented reality outdoors commissioned exhibition. <laughs> it was so much fun, where we commissioned artwork from Mexican artists. And then for getting the funding there, we had uh, a lot of help from the British Council of Mexico. Thank you. <laughs> and what we plan to do in exchange again is to have a series of activities in Mexico City, in a museum there that's called Laboratorio Arte Alameda. So that's what's coming next. Uh, in February, we'll be having a symposium and a series of workshops uh, regarding what we did for the Abandoned Normal Devices exhibition. We really wanted to make that happen because for the exhibition that we had in here, it was a very, I would say, a light-hearted experience for people. So basically, we chose a trail inside Castleton. So it was basically from A to B, and there were um, augmented reality pieces along the way that were site-specific, specially commissioned for that particular area. So it was a sculptural approach, I would say, in, in the sense that you had to physically go to the artwork, even if it was digital. So we handed out some uh, iPads with an application. And, you know, if you wanted to zoom in, you had to physically zoom in and approach the artwork, which was great because you had people who could, you know, you could walk around the pieces, look inside, uh, almost, you know, kind, kind of like even go across the artwork. And it was a very nice experience in that sense. But we knew that um, we were basically talking about border politics, which is, you know, a very heavy topic. So even if the experience was very playful and very, you know, lighthearted and people were having a lot of fun, we, we knew that we had to do something about the context of the exhibition. And probably that was not the space to do that. And that was not the space to, you know, kind of like have these very tough conversations towards this. However, we're going to be doing that in Mexico now, which we thought was the best way to, to approach you know, the outcomes of the exhibition. Now that we also know the opinions of the people who went there and saw the artwork and you know, kind of had and built their own stories towards the, the, the pieces that were being shown there, which was also very interesting. So we can now have that and you know, take those ideas and the core ideas for the exhibition and also the artists and take that to Mexico and talk about that in depth. So that's what's coming next. In terms of the PhD, yes, I will be coming back 
to the UK. I want to do, well, basically my application for the PhD was about how to develop strategies and curatorial tools for exhibiting digital art towards, you know, all of these past year and the exhibitions that I've had this year. I realized that there is no such thing as a very specialized way of approaching this artwork. And it, get, it tends to get very tricky, you know, there's always this question of if this is, for example, net art, you know, which is basically a website, should we exhibit this in a museum? And if we do so, how, you know? And sometimes, you know, it, there has been, you know, of course, a lot of exhibitions regarding this sort of uh, artwork, but then... You know, sometimes it fails in sense of there's a lot of people who is like, okay, I can't really sit down and go through all of this artwork because there's a lot of people surrounding me. And, you know, this is just not something that I would be doing uh, as a collective experience or, or people that feel that it's not meant to be inside these sort of spaces in such a way. So... I know that there's a lot of, you know, I didn't do this to be exhibited in this way or I did this to be an experience that has to be approached in a very particular way and, and so forth. So I think that there hasn't actually been something quite as specific as, you know, let's just go fully into this and develop strategies from there. Because also, you know, when you think about digital art, even if not all of digital art is immaterial art in a way, it's, it's a whole universe. It's just, uh, yeah, it's, it's gigantic. And, uh, and it's still growing and it will keep on growing. And, you know, we need to start tackling these sort of, uh, well, issues that have been raised in the past at least two decades now. So, yeah, I hope that if I get accepted for my PhD, I will look into that and, you know, try to come up with basically strategies, because there is no one way to approach, you know, there is no way of writing down a series of instructions and say, oh, this is what you need to do to make a digital art exhibition successful. It would be great if there <laughs> were such a thing, you know, but there is no way to, to do that. But at least a strategy on how to think about this and how to uh, provide solutions for it. I think it's necessary and yeah, hopefully I will be looking into that. So that's the end of the interview for this month. Firstly, I'd like to say thank you to Doreen for being on the episode. You can find out more about her online. She's on Twitter for a start. So she is at Doreen A underscore Rios. That's R-I-O-S. Plus, you can also find her website, Antimateria, which is anti-materia.org. I believe she's currently in Mexico, but she's coming back to the UK soon. So if you're based in either and you want to do some work with her, then feel free to reach out to her. Otherwise, as always, we are always looking for suggestions of other artists to be on the episodes. You can get in touch with us on Twitter at Technique UK, or you can find us on the Create Hub website. That's create-hub.com. And there is a contact form there. So that just leaves me to say thank you again for listening and we look forward to speaking to you again next month. In the meantime, take care.
Design thinking has exploded into the workplace of the 21st century, putting humans at the heart of design. Or does it? Isn't it just the post-it note workshops? More importantly though, where did it come from? How did it become such a massive industry? And where on earth is it going? Is design thinking what is taught in design schools? And can it be used as a philosophy for the future? Find out more as we, Richard Adams and Sam Fry, explore these ideas with experts in the field on our first technique mini-series about design thinking. Subscribe to this podcast so that you don't miss an episode.